Well, I just want to share, um, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. And you know me and the Holy Spirit, there's a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. And, and first of all, you need to be born again. You need to accept Jesus as Lord and be born again. You can't get to heaven. You can get to heaven without the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you cannot get, you cannot get to heaven unless you've been born again. Amen. You have to have that, that transformation in your life. You have to accept Jesus as Lord. You have to believe it in your heart. You have to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. As Nick was telling me yesterday, Nick's got a good preach on him. He's got a good preach going. He's going to be a pastor. He is, but you have to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Now, it's not a one-time shot. He's not just Lord for this minute, and then we go do whatever our flesh wants to do. He's Lord all the time. Lord all the time. And in him being Lord all the time, he's going to meet every need that you have. Every need that you have. If he's not Lord, he can't do it. Because when you make Jesus Lord of your life, you've stepped into a place of right standing with him. You're in a right standing position with him. You understand what I mean? And you're in that, let's just say, you know, you see these cylinder elevators. You're in a right standing position with him and he's going to bless you all the time. He's blessing you all the time because you're in that right position to receive it. But if you step out here and do something that's a flesh thing, a sin thing, a wrong act, are you out from underneath that cylinder of blessing? Yes, you are. So don't expect to receive it, okay? Because sin is a hindrance to those blessings from coming. They really are. So you think about it. Maybe he wants to do more blessing in your life, but you've got a little sin thing going on. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's really important. So, So we get born again and we accept Jesus as Lord. And, um... We're blessed abundantly above all that we could ask or think because we stay in line with what he's told us to do, his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. They're not hard to do. They aren't hard to do at all. They're not hard to do. They're easy. They're easy to do, to follow. So then not only, and I'm going to demonstrate this in a minute because I think this is so good. I We were here Wednesday night praying. We pray in the spirit for about an hour. And then we pray in English for the needs. And so um, my schedule has been a little bit off at night. So I, I was awake. I'm kind of awake in the middle of the night. And I went to bed about 11 or so. Well, that's the middle of the night for me for <laughs> till 2. Anyway, I was just listening. And the Holy Spirit's just talking away. Talking away. He's just talking to you. If you give him time. If you give him time. So he was taken a scripture verse here, and he says, this scripture verse works with this scripture verse. Did you know that? I go, oh, I see that. You know, and so he's always talking to you when you take time to listen. He wants to tell you things about yourself. He wants to tell you things about your, your uh, uh, who you need to be praying for. He wants to tell you things about your finances. He wants to tell you things about your calling. But you have to take time to listen. It's really important. So I thoroughly enjoyed his fellowship that night, him talking to me about 
different things in the word and some of them we're going to share today. But but um, so the Holy Spirit has come to help us. See, Jesus said, and we're not going to go to all these scripture verses that we went to last week, but Jesus said, I have to go, go tarry and wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I have to go. I have to go. See, he was just one person, one man being here or being here or being here, bringing healing, bringing deliverance, bringing hope. He was one person trying to do it all. Now, how many of you know he can't do it all? So he says, I've got to go so the Holy Spirit can come and be with each one of you. The Holy Spirit comes to be in each one of us when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He comes to lead us and guide us into all truth. He comes to show us things to come. He is your helper, your intercessor, your comforter, your strengthener, your standby. He, ne- he said he'd never leave you or forsake you. God said he'd never leave you or forsake you. He's always with you. And that's how we know when we receive the person of the Holy Spirit, he is always with you. He's on the inside of you. Always. You can't, you won't ever get rid of him. Isn't that awesome to think you won't ever get rid of him? That's right. You don't want to. He's always there on the inside of you. And he wants to lead you and guide you into your calling, into what he's called you to do, into what your next step is. Some of you, you know, may be in a certain place right now with your calling. Doesn't mean you stand there. Doesn't mean you stand there. Some of that is, a lot of that is progressive. It's always building and growing. The more you get rid of the flesh junk, the more life can flow through you, the more you're going to see God manifest through you. Amen? Amen. So it's really important. I, I just need um, Josh and Crystal and you get you three come up here, please. <laughs> I, need, I just wanted you to see a, a physical demonstration. And I do this a lot so that people can see this. Um, um, you can be the, he's the father, father, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. As I teach the kids, it's, they're three in one. They're all working together, but okay. So, and then, then there's me. I'm on the very, very end over here. Here, you take that. I'll say, so God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. And there's me. Now, I want you to look at a scripture verse. We're going to start with John 6.38. If you've got your Bibles, if you don't have your Bibles, some of you have your phones. Sorry, I'm going to make you stand up here for a bit. (laughs) Okay, so I want you to see the progression of things. That it's so important that we have the help that we have. And John 6.38, is everybody there? This is Jesus is talking here. Jesus is talking. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So who sent Jesus? God the Father sent Jesus, didn't he? So so if you don't know this, you can find out real quick what God's will is by looking at what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out devils. Jesus did that. That's what Jesus came to do. 
But he said, it says here in John 6, 38, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So, so he's talking to him to tell him what to do, what God's will is. Okay. Now I want you to look at John 16. Just flip over a few places. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, the spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit. He'll guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative. He's not going to just take his own and do his own thing. The Holy Spirit will not do his own thing. You understand that? He's not going to speak his own initiative. or He's not going to say his own thoughts or his own thing. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears... Whatever he hears, whatever the Holy Spirit hears, look at what that says, he will speak. So he's getting, the Holy Spirit's getting his information from up here. It's going down here and whatever he hears, he's going to speak. And this is important to us, but anyway, let's go on. He will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. So. Information, when I get before the Lord and I pray in my prayer language, we'll talk about that in a minute. When I pray in tongues, that information that I have need of is going to come right from, right off the press down to me. So you can pass, just pretend this is, this is my prayer. God's answering it. Pass it over here. Pass it over here. And then I get it. I get my answer. That's why it's so important. That we spend time praying in, praying in our prayer language. Spend time praying in the spirit. How else are we going to know what our steps are? How else are we going to know what to say to somebody that is bound up in, in pornography? How else are we going to know? Because we're going to hear it from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then is going to tell us and then we're going to set that person free. Or we're going to preach the gospel in boldness. Or we're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover because we know exactly what the sickness is. I've told, I've told you before that, you know, I've, I've ministered to people and they'll come and tell me I have this, I'm going to get a, 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 a thing, MRI done on my brain because I've having terrible headaches. You know, I've shared this one a lot, but there's a lot of situations I could share with you, but this one has always been foremost in my mind because it was one of the first things I experienced. Anyway, I prayed for this person. I started praying for him, put my hands on him. And it was a spirit of fear. It was a spirit of fear that was the problem. Not They had no brain tumor. But the spirit of fear, I rebuked the spirit of fear, commanded to get off of them. They were healed. They still went and got the MRI or whatever it is. And um, no brain tumor. Never had one. Don't have one to this day, and they never will. You know, but see, see, we have to have the help of the Holy Spirit to pray effectively. That's why it's so important. And that's why you hear me talk about the, the need for the Holy Spirit all the time, all the time, all the time. Okay, so you see the progression of things? We ask the Father, he gets it to hear, he gets it to hear, and then we get the information. Because we're praying in our prayer language and we're listening to what he's got to say. And, you know, he said he would lead you and guide you into all truth. He'd show you things to come. He is so good. 
He is so good. And I believe that's the hour we're in. The church is in the hour of the Holy Spirit. That's where we're, that's where we're moving in. That's why it's so dominant on me right now. So it's so important to get that across to people. The church is going to want to hear about the Holy Spirit. You can't deny his, his uh, power in the earth. And if the church is not going to walk in power, um, it's, it's important that the church walks in the power that they've been given. You can see what has happened because the church hasn't walked in the power. Okay? Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't have any stars or anything for you today. but <laughs> Anyway, so God's so good. You understand the progression? That is so important that we see that. Because then it helps us know how, it helps us know how that when we pray, we can pray effectively, that we're going to get an answer from God. Amen? Okay, so I, like I said, I have been working on uh, studying Acts. And, um, and Acts is just, it's the Acts of the Apostles. It's, it's just so prevalent. And, and we can learn a lot from the Acts from looking at what the apostles did and the difference that they made. I'm probably not going to spend as much time on one and two that I did last week, but uh, we are going to kind of slide one, two, and then go into three. But there is so much information here, and I, I like I said, I was just so blessed. <laughs> and you'll probably be on overload because I'm on overload right now myself with all the information about the Holy Spirit. Anyway, chapter one, Vax, chapter one. And it's basically talking about um, Jesus is encouraging them to go tarry and wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, I need you to go do that. And they were trying to understand everything with their minds. You know, they were trying to understand, you know, aren't you, aren't you going to set up your kingdom now? What's going on? You're, you're leaving us? And he was trying to understand all that. They were trying to understand all that. And, you know, when you, when you have the Holy Spirit, he'll help you understand. Like I said, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. He'll help you understand those things that maybe you don't understand in the word. That's one of the things he's, he'll do. He'll teach you. He'll show you. He'll give you, a, like I was telling you, he connected a scripture verse, this one with this one, and show me how that all flows together. And so, so he's, he's a, a, like I said, a big help. Anyway, verse, um, um, the Holy Spirit has come to change you inside and out. I mentioned that last week, inside and out, inside and out. He'll change you. He's going to rearrange your thought processes. He's going to do a number on your flesh. And you just got to let him do it. Amen. Let him do it. Because the more you get rid of, the more life, more of God's life you have flowing through you. The more of God's love you have flowing through you. The more of God's peace you have flowing through you. And I know everybody in here, because we prayed that way, can use a dose of peace. The more peace that flows through you. Do you know when you spend time praying in your prayer language? There's a place you can get to where peace will just overwhelm you. That peace, that peace of God will just, it will just flood you. Amen. It will just flood you. So um, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, okay, so verse 4. And gathering them together, Jesus, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. I'm in Acts 1. But to wait for what the Father promised 
which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And you can go back. I think it's in um, John, um, maybe 16. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look. But anyway, it talks about he, he, Jesus was baptized himself in the Holy Spirit. And so that's, where he, that's when his power started at that same time. He didn't come down here and be God. He hung his deity on the, he hung it up. He came down here to be like us. That's why we can use him as an example and we can follow after him because he, he is just like us. He was just like us. He's just like us. Amen. Okay. So for John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they were asking and saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epics, which the father has fixed by his own authority. Again, they were trying to understand everything in the natural. But Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So you're going to be his witnesses right here in Marshalltown. You can be his witnesses maybe in the Netherlands. You can be his witnesses in Africa. You can be his witnesses wherever because you're walking in that power and he's going to direct you where you need to be. Amen? Okay, and so so we need to listen, not with our minds. We need to hear out of our heart what God's saying us, what God's telling us to do. Amen? Okay, so um, I think um, let's look. I think we should look at, um, um, I pretty much, my, the, I pretty much um, did that. But um, um, Jeff, do you have Amplified on your phone right there? Would you read that John fourteen sixteen through 26? That just expounds upon all that the Holy Spirit came to do. You see all that, you see the connection there, how it all works together. And that's why we can for certain, for certain and know for sure that we have what God is telling us to do when we spend time yielded to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So let's go on to, um, I think that pretty much, you know, there's more there that, you know, in verse 14 of Acts one, they all then left, you know, they hadn't received baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they all left. And they did what Jesus had told them to do. You know, it's so important that we obey him, isn't it? Anyway, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women who Mary, the mother of Jesus. They were all with one mind in one accord, devoting themselves to prayer. Devoting themselves to prayer. Prayer was priority. Okay. And then... um Let's see. Let's go on to Acts chapter 2. Just trying to keep it, uh, those two chapters brief. Um, and when, and now they're all 120 were together. Um, none of them were interested. <laughs> you know, we, we come in on a Sunday morning and sometimes, oh, man, I don't really want to be here. I'm too tired. Or, or, or my roast is going to get burnt if I don't get home. What's that pastor doing anyway? You know? And so, so we, we come in uninterested. We're not fully engaged in what God has called us to do. We need to be engaged right off the bat in worship, right off the bat. Be engaged. 
Now, I understand if you come in with a weight or a care and anxiety, but come in and come into his presence and get rid of it. Get rid of it. It isn't going to help you in church anyway. It's not going to do anything for you. Get rid of it. Because in his presence, in his presence, you're going to hear what he has to say to you. You're going to experience his presence. You're going to experience his freedom. You're going to experience his joy and his peace. And he'll talk to you in worship. <clears throat> he'll talk to you about things going on in your life. Amen? Okay, so so in all 120, none of them weren't interested in being there. They were all wanted to be there. They're waiting, tearing for what the promise was to come. Verse 2, And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And 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 there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And it goes on here and explains a little bit about tongues. And and that you accept Jesus as Lord and you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what happens is that gushing comes up out of you, too. The Holy Spirit comes in. So you get all cleaned up. You get all cleaned and washed. You're white as snow. All cleaned up from being born again. And then the Holy Spirit, you, you accept the person of the Holy Spirit the same way you accepted Jesus as Lord. Both of them are a free gift. You accept the person of the Holy Spirit. He comes rushing in. And then what he does is he brings forth that prayer language that is yours. Your own prayer language. Nobody else has one like yours. <laughs> no one else. <laughs> no one else has it like like yours. <laughs> Amen. No one else has the prayer language like you. And the devil can't hear what you're saying. Are you? Do you have to go? Are you a responder? You have to go. Okay. Okay. So no one, no one, uh, you, no one has the same prayer language <laughs> that you do. <laughs> anyway, yeah, God's good, isn't he? <laughs> anyway, no one has the same. And the devil doesn't know what you're saying when you talk. Your, your prayer language is between you and God. It's like having a red phone, a hot phone, hot phone. Most of you have heard me say this, but we have people that have probably never heard this before. But it's your, it's your own personal prayer language that you can have right now if you want it. So you accept Jesus, you accept Jesus as Lord. You accept the person of the Holy Spirit. He infills you. He comes in and he just causes that prayer language to come rising up. You have to open your mouth and give it voice. It's not just going to happen. You have to give it voice and it is not going to make sense. It will not make sense to you at all. It won't make sense. It'll sound like gibberish. It'll sound like baby talk. But the more you use it, the more you use it. Some people just get a couple syllables like shakadeda mokoreta. Well, that's too much, but some people just get a couple of syllables. Anyway, um, those syllables, as you give them voice, they'll grow just like a baby. Just like a baby gets a few syllables. As a, as a baby gets a few syllables, then they start using those syllables. It'll expand. Mine's changed a number of times through the years. Uh, a number of times. So, 
So just know that you have to give it voice. It's not just going to happen. And he's not going to come with a hammer and hit you over the head and say, it's time to speak in tongues. That's not going to happen. You have to give it voice. You have to want it. You have to want it. Just like you have to want Jesus to be Lord of your life. You have to want the Holy Spirit. You have to want your prayer language. You have to want to be different. You have to want to live for him. You have to want to serve him all of your life. You have to want that more than anything else in the whole world. You have to want that. That's God talking to somebody or all of you. You have to want that. You have to want it. It ain't going to just happen. You have to want it with your heart. You have to want change. You have to want to be like him. You have to want to serve him and live for him. You have to want that. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so speaking in tongues is a miraculous thing. Just getting born again is miraculous. The transformation that happens to each of us. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians that in Christ, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away. New things have come. Do you know that sin nature leaves when you accept Jesus as Lord? Now, your soul needs to be renewed. But the sin nature is gone. You've got a, you've got a fighting chance. Amen? You've got, a, you've got, not chance, that's not a good word. Pass that, scratch, scratch, scratch. You have an opportunity You have an opportunity because the sin nature is gone to live for him, to live for him. Okay, so, um, so let's see, let's go on in in chapter two. Um, Anyway, they were all talking, they were trying to understand. These people were talking in a a language that, why is he speaking what I can understand, but he's not from that country. He was trying to understand all of that, the tongues. Okay, in verse 14, well, verse 13, but others were mocking and saying they are full of sweet wine. But Peter, now look at the transformation in Peter right here. But Peter taking his stand in boldness, he was bold. With the 11, raised his voice and declared to men, to them, men of Judah and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, For it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. We'll not read down through that. But you can read that later. But that was what was prophesied in the Old Testament. Verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. And he started preaching the gospel in boldness. Jesus, the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. So so Jesus had performed great miracles. This man delivered up to the, and he goes on and preaches the gospel. Let's go over here to to, uh, the next page. And he's continuing to preach. Verse 32, this Jesus God raised up again to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured forth this, which you both see and hear. He's still preaching. Look at verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to their heart. They were pierced to their heart when they heard the truth. When they heard the truth of the gospel, it pierced their heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent, repent. 
And let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see the twofold process in verse 38. You repent, you're baptized, and then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For verse 39, for the promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Verse 41, So then those who had received this word were baptized, and there were added that day 3,000 souls. And they were continually devoting themselves to prayer, spending time together to the apostles' teaching, spending time breaking bread and in prayer, doing the things of God to keep themselves in line with what what had happened, what they experienced. Verse 43, And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Do you know what? They were devoting themselves to prayer, and they were in one accord. Many signs and wonders were happening. Many. Verse 44, And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. There was so much in, in, in verse 46. They were continuing with one mind in the temple, and they were praising God. And they were spending time in prayer. And look at what happened then in, at the end of verse 47. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. The Lord was adding to their number day by day by day by day by day. So that eventually, I think... Um, the next chapter we get to, they're up to, there was 5,000 more added. So they're up to 8,000. So we'll start into chapter 3 now. And so this is really, um, uh, I just really, uh, this is what the Lord was talking to me um, the other night about. And I, I want, it was an, a really good picture of for me to see. And I think I, I want to explain it to you so that you can see exactly how all of this works together. Verse uh, 1, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer, and a certain man who had been lame, and I have been looking at this probably for several weeks, over and over and over and over, looking at this, and finally I heard this scripture verse. And a certain man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. This man was probably 38, 40 years old. They set him down there every day. Can you picture that? At that gate on a, on, a, on a mat. And what he did all day long was ask for alms or ask for a gift so he could survive. Everybody that went into the temple, they would, of course, take their money into the temple to give. To, to give. And, and so he was asking alms to help him, to help the poor. And so every day... Every day for 38, 40 years, he laid on that mat. Well, probably not the very beginning, but <laughs> he laid on that mat asking alms, asking for a gift, asking for help, which uh, the gate was called beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. Verse 3, and when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. And Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze upon him and said, look at us. That, that's always been an interesting statement to me. Look at us because you, you look at me, fix your gaze on me. I'm going to give you something. Get ready to receive. Expect to receive. 
See, as a believer, we need to expect to receive what God has given us. Say, if you come for healing, you don't receive it from me. You receive it from God. You expect to receive it from him. Okay? And Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze upon him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. That is so important. When you come in here on a Sunday morning, you expect God to do something. Expect God to do something. Expect him to meet whatever you need you have. I've told you that before. When I go into a meeting, I put a demand upon the gift and the calling on the person that's ministering. I expect to receive an answer to my prayer. It's not from that person. It's from, from God the Father. But I expect to receive. I expect. And that's the expectance is so important to, the, to God moving and the manifestation of things happening. Expecting it. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold. Peter and, and John were, were, had nothing. They had nothing. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Walk. Okay. And verse 7, and seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the gate, at beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had just happened. Two things here. He said uh, up here, um, Peter said, "I, I don't have anything. But what I give you, I give it to you freely. I give it to you freely in the name of Jesus. Two things there. Two things. Um, Let's look. I think it's John. John 7. If you want to turn there, please. John 7. This is a scripture verse that I've had under uh, my belt for some time. But, um, oh, no, that's not right. Okay, just a second, folks. Um, Oh, we we skipped a few pages. Okay, here we go. Um, Well, let's look at Philippians 2 first. Let's look at Philippians. And this is, is, is talking about the name of Jesus. Here And this is important because see, everything they did was in the name of Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be doing. See, we cast out devils. We, we lay hands on the sick. We do all of that in the name of Jesus because we're standing in his stead. We're standing in his place, in his position of authority. You understand that? Okay, so Philippians 2. Get there talks about, we just talked about that a little bit ago where he hung, he hung up his deity. He put it down. And then if you look at verse um, 8, we'll start there. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then verse 9, therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Now, that name of Jesus has bestowed, been bestowed upon each one of us. The name of Jesus, you each one have the ability to use the name of Jesus. 
to cast out devils, to lay hands on the sick, to raise the dead. You each one have the name of Jesus. If you're born again, of course, you have the name of Jesus. You have that authority. To um, it's just like um, it's just like if a cop, <clears throat> if a cop was uh, using the authority that he has, he can use his authority in the name of the police or the police station or whatever. You have the authority to do whatever God's called you to do here in the name of Jesus. Is that clear? Is that clear? Help you understand? Therefore, also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that when you use that name of Jesus, it says here in verse 10, every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every knee bows its knee. Every knee. Everything bows its knee to the name of Jesus. If you if you just picture that, I, I used to, years ago, I would think about that. I'd meditate on that, think about that. When I use the name of Jesus, it's not me. It's because I'm standing in his place. I'm using the name of Jesus, and it has to bow its knee. That's why casting out devils is not a big deal. Because the name of Jesus has already stripped them of their power and made them a public display. Amen? That's why it's not a big deal. And they think they're a big deal, but they're not a big deal. <laughs> they think they're a big deal, but they're not a big deal. Anyway, so so we use the name of Jesus. And it, when we use the name of Jesus, it causes everything, everything has to bow its knee. So you just have, you, you have to, you have to know that on the inside of you. You have to know that. You have to know that the name of Jesus carries all the authority and power that we'll ever need here on this earth. You have to know that. Amen? Okay, so the other part there, I'm, I'm still trying to see if I can, uh, the name that's above every name. Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians. I think that's the right one. And then we'll we'll wind up. It's, it's warm in here today. Or That was last week. I don't know where the temp's at. Last week it got to 79 in here. <laughs> It could be close now, but anyway. <laughs> okay, First uh, Corinthians two. This is this is just to me is so exciting. First Corinthians two. Um, First Corinthians two twelve. Now, First Corinthians two twelve. Now, when we have received not the spirit of the world, we don't have the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that's the Holy Spirit, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. Do we know the things that are freely given to us? In in 2 Peter 1, um, chapter 1, 1 through 4, we've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. So when we know the things that have been freely given to us, we can freely give those things to who has need. You understand what I'm saying? Say, say, example, life, life in me. It's been freely given to me. In Jesus' name, the life of God. I'm freely giving the life of God. In Jesus' name. Healing has been given. I'm passing that on. It's been freely given to me. In Jesus' name, I freely give healing. See, it's not you doing it. I mean, we have to get ourselves out of the way, of course, 
sometimes that's a little bit of a process getting yourself out of the way. You know, you know, your mind wants to look at the body you're praying for and it's bloated and yellow and you have to still stand and believe God for the anointing to come and bring a healing and a restoration. You have to do that. And if you're weak in that area, then that's where you need to gird yourself up. And so, so whatever we've been freely given, it says here that we can freely give that. Freely give that. Amen? Freely give that. And that, that was exciting to me. Um, verse 13. Well, let's read that again. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Those things are freely given. We've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness so that we can freely give that. We can freely pass that on. We can freely give that to those who have need. It's not ours to keep. It's not ours to keep. See, when you get born again, you have the life of God flowing in you, and then you have the Holy Spirit, and you have power. So it's yours to pass on. It's yours to lay hands on the sick and cast out devils. It's yours to do that with. It's yours to deal with that. That's yours. You know, and you, you, you pass it on, you pass it on. You know what's going to happen? You give some of yours away, you're going to get, you're going to get double back. You're going to get more back because you're freely giving it. You're freely giving it. It's not yours to keep. It's not yours to keep. That's the process that we're in. That's the process we're in. Does that help everybody understand? Um, <laughs> sounds like they're having fun downstairs too. Anyway, so um, I think we'll 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 close there, and um, and uh, um, we didn't get very far, did we? But that's me. So we'll we'll go to chapter four next week. Start with three. But do you understand what I'm saying about the Holy Spirit? There is so much there. There's so much that we can learn in, in the boldness and who we are in Christ and what we have been given and what we can freely give. And, and I'll tell you, next week we're going to see the importance of praying in tongues really more and more all the time. The importance of praying in your prayer language, how it will fill you up. And it, it is, is, it's refreshing. I just can't talk about that enough. I cannot talk about that enough. I can tell immediately after Wednesday night when I've been here, if I, I prayed in the spirit, I can tell immediately how full I am. It's like I ate, ate a steak dinner. I can tell immediately. And so, so, and when you, when you, when you hand out like this, when you freely give, when you freely give of the spirit, when you freely give, you have to pray to fill yourself back up. You have to do that. You have to do that. And I'm learning that more and more because you, you put yourself into a vulnerable place and it's not good. And so, um, anyway, God is so good. Amen. God is good. He's provided for us. He's got a helper that's with each one of us. And if there's anybody that would like to receive salvation or would like to see, receive their prayer language, um, I'm, I'm available to do that. Um, I think we'll do it after the service so we aren't rushed and people can leave if they'd like to. So, Father, we just want to declare that you are so good to us. We just declare Jesus as Lord over this country. 
We declare Jesus as Lord over our families and our friends and our our lives. And Father, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We resist the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We resist him so that we can have that abundant life and, and, a, and, a, and a great abundance of life, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you that you do meet every need that we have. We just declare your, your love, and we love you. We love you, Jesus, and we love you, Holy Spirit. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.